Good morning. Uh, Daniel 7 this morning. Very excited to get into this chapter with you guys. Mentioned on Sunday morning, uh, we covered chapters 13, 14, and 15 in Revelation. Just how chapter 7 of Daniel really fits in and speaks a lot to this. Uh, to these beasts, the false prophet and the Antichrist, which we'll hit on him a little bit in this study. But it's neat as we get into this, Daniel's uh, visions, uh, just a lot more uh, prophecy and specifically concerning end time things. And one thing I love about the scriptures, guys, um, is we get rewarded for diligently studying, seeking him. Um, Hebrews eleven six, one of my favorite scriptures, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The first part of that verse talks about faith, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if you think about Romans ten seventeen, then that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Uh, you see how that all just works together beautifully? Anyways, it is good to be in his word. So, Father, thank you for this time. Pray that you just uh, calm our mind. I know that there's always so much set before us. Uh, we want to just look to you, God. Pray that your word would speak to each and every one of us. Ask in your name, Jesus. Amen. Um, we're construction a little bit off and on through the years. Um, maybe you have uh, had a project where you maybe laid some hardwood flooring or, or tile or something. Um, but if you think about that, um, kind of to paint a picture of uh, a project, if you get too close to the project, what you're doing right there, you might miss the entire uh, thing that is going on and that's something that can happen with, with tile you're just working right here this is going on and you don't see what's going to end up happening overall how the edges may end up looking and what needs to take place uh, so i'm very thankful this morning just as we're focusing in here um, at some specific visions um, small parts of what is going to take place also, guys, we need to keep that big picture um, <clears throat> just in front of us, uh, focusing on uh, just the overall uh, picture of things. So what is the big picture? Well, I'm glad you asked. If we think about overall history of mankind, uh, we started well, and then it went bad really fast. Uh, the promise of, of a deliverer was first given in... Uh, Genesis or the seed of the woman, right? Uh, and then we have that hope that was passed on to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then it was passed on to their sons. And then it was this beautifully uh, illustrated for us as you get into the book of Exodus. And they longed for, um, you know, for help, <laughs> uh, for for. Uh, the, the judges, it was amplified in, in kings and predicted throughout the uh, prophets. And then we finally get to the Gospels and we see it fulfilled. Uh, love it. And it's all there in, until you get uh, you know to Christ coming, the cross, his death, his resurrection, hope of eternal life. Um, but yet here we sit. okay He is now in heaven, okay? waiting uh, for the go-ahead to come uh, for his church. And then we know he will return. And as we've been studying uh, Revelation, um, again, it's about Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ. But the fullest climax of all of it uh, comes 
in the end of all of that, at the end of the tribulation, when Christ finally uh, comes out of heaven, riding on a white horse, destroys uh, sin, Satan, and he restores creation to the that original glory, uh, which uh, is really for our good and our, our good pleasure. And we so look forward to that. So Daniel this far has interpreted other dreams as we've studied, but now we have some dreams of his own. And this chapter is kind of a, like a dividing point in the book. Um, it's a chapter, it's really a vision of world history. Um, John Wolvard said this uh, concerning this chapter, it gives the most comprehensive and detailed prophecy of future events found in the Old Testament. Uh, so <laughs> that's why I'm pretty stoked to get into chapter 7 here with you guys it really traces the four great world powers uh, right up to the climax of history and that would be the second coming of our lord and savior jesus christ so this chapter comes uh before chapter 5 because babylon hasn't yet fallen okay we know that happened in 533 bc and they are grouped together after this historical section because of the similarities in the content but in chapter 2, it dealt with those four powers from man's view, you know, the precious uh, metals that we consider, consider there. And here we have God's view, and it's just these uh, ferocious beasts uh, that he sees. So why does God use symbols? I think we've got to pause for a moment. Um, and one of the reasons, I think, is because they don't weaken over time. Language may uh, weaken and how we convey things may change the information how we view things um, but with symbols guys um, they're not only conveying information but very important values or emotions can be tied to them often um, so it really helps the writer to emphasize a point or move to an action help the memory um, I know when we look back um, to these different prophecies that we're finding in Daniel. I mean, isn't it easy to remember this great statue of the different metals and these beasts referring to them? Um, it's just helpful. So let's jump into chapter 7 here. Look at verse 1 with me. In the first year of Belshazzar, the king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions in his head while he, on his bed, and then he wrote down the dream telling the main facts. And Daniel spoke saying, I say in my vision by night and behold, four winds of heaven were stirring up a great sea and four great beasts came out of the sea, each different from the other. So the great sea, of course, is the Mediterranean there, um, a restless sea in the Bible, a uh, picture of Gentile powers, the four uh, you know, powers that border the sea there. Um, Revelation 17, 15, and he said to me, the waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And also in verse 12 there, uh, but we'll move on. If we look at uh, Daniel, four beasts, each represent a kingdom. Uh, you can see that in verses 17 and 23, which we'll get to. But look at verse 4, the first one, the winged lion here. The first was like a lion, its eagle's wings, and watched till its wings were plucked off. And it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man, and man's heart was given to it. So Babylon Empire, right? The head of gold. Now God, you know, this vision, winged lion. Uh, it was a favorite image um, in Babylonian history, if you look into that a lot of their museums that have different babylonian things on display 
Uh, you see that. Um, so this mighty kingdom was really soaring uh, until Nebuchadnezzar uh, was humbled uh, to that animal-like animal state that we had looked at. So this lion was made to stand on two feet like men. And then verse 5, the bear with the ribs here, and suddenly another beast, a second one like a bear, and it was raised up on one side and had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And they said thus to it, Arise, devour much flesh. So the Medo-Persian Empire, remember the silver? Um, the Medo-Persians like a bear. Bears, uh, they're not known to be the swiftest or most skillful, but uh, we think of brute force when we think about bears. Uh, so these three ribs would be the empires that were already defeated. Uh, you had Egypt, Babylon, and Libya. Uh, the bears raised on one side, which indicates um, half an empire, right? The, the Persians, they were, they were stronger, more honorable than those half of the Medes. Um, moving on to verse 6 then, we see a, a winged four-headed leopard here. Look, after I looked, there was another like a leopard which had on its four wings of a bird and the beast also four heads and dominion was given to it. So bronze now, that bronze metal that spoke to the Greek empire. And you guys remember Alexander? Uh, very swift in conquering the known world, right? Uh, Leopard-like fast <laughs> um anyways the four heads uh you guys know that when alexander uh the great died how how many generals uh did the vast kingdom get divided into well we know historically uh that it's four thus the four heads um and then the terrible beast comes up in verse seven after this i saw in night visions and behold the fourth beast dreadful and terrible exceedingly strong it had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with his feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it. And it had ten horns, and I was considering the horns. And there was another horn, a little horn, coming up from among them before the three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there was in this horn were eyes like the eyes of man in the mouth speaking pompous words. Now the Roman Empire, as we know, guys, that iron um, legs, feet there, uh, the, the ten horns, like the ten toes, right? Uh, powers that would be yet future or revived Roman Empire. Uh, there is also the little horn that pops up here that defeats the three kingdoms. And he will become the world ruler. He is the Antichrist. Uh, this is the first appearance in scripture. Uh, uh, Gentile coming uh, from the Roman Empire. He will speak great things. We're told pompous words here. Verse 8, verse 20. Uh, he, will be he will come and he will persecute the saints of God, believers. Uh, children of Israel he's going to come against. First three and a half years. Verse 25, a time, a times, and a half a time. That's three and a half years, guys. So, and he will bring three of the ten nations under his authority and his initial rise uh, to power there. Uh, Revelation 13, verses 1 and 2. Uh, note the similarities. Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns, and his 
uh, horns, ten crowns, and his heads, a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and the feet like the feet of a bear, and out of the mouth like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. So note the very same beasts are used, but reversed in order here. Daniel is looking ahead. Get it, guys? But John, what's he doing? He's looking back. So the red square uh, there in Moscow uh, sits the beautiful cathedral that's called St. Basil's. Uh, the story goes about Ivan IV, um, otherwise known as Ivan the Terrible. You guys may know of him, 1500s. Um, anyways, an architect by the name of Post Nick Yakovil. Uh, he built this beautiful cathedral, okay, most beautiful in all of the world. And when it was done, Ivan came to him and said, Hey, um, would you be able to build one better than this? Um, he said, Yeah, I think I could. And Ivan ended up gouging out his eyeballs, uh, according to legend. But the final and the greatest masterpiece uh, in the entire world is what Ivan wanted for himself. But I think about chapter 13 of Revelation, which we just studied on Sunday, and uh, it's really Satan's final and greatest masterpiece, the man of sin, that vile person, the son of perdition, the beast, the antichrist, his super leader, right? This is the best he's going to do. And of course, we looked at chapters 14 and 15. We wanted to get the context around that. The Lamb of God comes and kicks his butt. But anyways, uh, he would be a tyrant of tyrants. Dictator of all dictators. Uh, he would be Alexander the Great, Nero, Genghis Khan, Ivan the Terrible, Lenin, Hitler. And the list can go on. All these guys, okay? Um, <laughs> all in one. So Jesus said, I have come in my Father's name, John 5, 43, and you did not receive me. But another comes in his own name him you will receive and that's exactly uh what the world's going to do with the antichrist so if ever there was a man which could say you're of your father the devil it's going to be this man the antichrist and you will be able to see uh his family <laughs> likeness uh there so he is satan's imitation of the incarnation and antichrist uh, could say, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. So God describes him not as a man made in the image of God, but as a wild animal. Did you guys catch that? Under the control of Satan. So the world will worship him as God, and heaven sees him as a beast. So you guys getting the big picture here? Uh, he will be appealing. Uh, <laughs> um, but not repulsive to the world. Um, it's so sad how easily that we can be persuaded. The Antichrist, It does when we read and consider him um, or Antichrists, um, it's not the opposite of Jesus. It's instead of Jesus. Um, he wants to be worshipped like Jesus. Uh, he will be a substitute for Christ. He will talk of justice and love and peace and prosperity. He will be brilliant. He will be eloquent. He will appear as an angel of light. And he will be the best tool that Satan can muster up to be like 
Jesus. Uh, he will be like an angel of light. Um, the vision of the Ancient of Days. I love this part. Look at verse 9 with me and on. I highlight this passage, guys. I watched till the thrones were put in place and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garments was white as snow and his hair and his head was like pure wool. His throne, a fiery flame. Its wheels are burning fire, fiery stream issued and came forth from him. Thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. You guys getting the big picture? And the court was seated and the books were open. So what aspects of God's nature does this suggest? Okay, so we consider verses 9 and 10 here. You know, I've been really chewing on the reality of uh, God here, first time being referred to as the Ancient of Days, okay? That really speaks of God being eternal, the eternal God. Uh, the white garments, what is it? That's purity, guys. That speaks of righteousness. White, pure wool, hair, okay? Uh, old dudes, white hair, you think of wisdom there, right? The Ancient of Days, wisdom, holy, pure. The fiery flame and fire and fiery stream here uh judgment okay god alone can judge right um he is worshiped sovereignty he sits to judge we've been seeing that in revelation study so the title ancient of days has been used as a source of inspiration uh, throughout the centuries art and music uh, denoting the creator's aspects of eternity combined with perfection um you may have seen in the um, uh, photo or uh, cover for this study. I used William Blake's uh, watercolor there of a piece that he did called The Ancient of Days. Um, is a great example of it. Anyways, you can read up on it. I love it. I love how he's holding the compass there, picture of Ancient of Days, God, you know, over what? Avoid nothing. You know, that's our God. He. Uh, it makes me think of Proverbs 8:27. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass, he drew a circle upon the earth, the depth, um, or the face of the depth. So it's kind of cool. Um, that picture is actually there at uh, Rockefeller uh, Plaza in New York. And if you see there the, the picture of the Ancient of Days that uh, William did, also the proverb. Uh, is given wisdom and knowledge shall be uh, the stability of thy times. Uh, that's Proverbs 33, verse 6. Uh, but besides that, right here we have these nations. This is what's going on in turmoil. So what about our lives when they are in turmoil? How can this vision of God, the ancient of days, give you, give me hope? We'll say a bad crime's committed, and for many, many years, there were suspects, but no one ever was arrested for the crime. It's a small town, and there was one judge in that town. And by the time they got a suspect uh, that they really believed committed the crime, and it was a terrible crime, by this time, the judge that was seated during the time of the crime, during the passion of all the events, that saw the suffering of the family, but now there's a new judge. Would he have the same passion and understanding that the family was suffering 
going through? No. But that's what's cool about considering God as the ancient of days, isn't it? It is sitting, he's sitting there on the throne during the course of every age, okay? Every criminal act who will also be the judge who's sitting on the judge's bench when it all comes to trial, when it comes to time to be prosecuted. So the same judge, the Ancient of Days, from day one to today until the very end of days is going to be the one who judges. So the criminals, guys, won't get away with it. So still no suspect. What do we do in a world where innocent, uh, the innocent get punished and the guilty go free? Uh, we have to know in our hearts that the Ancient of Days knows. That's the key, okay? We want justice now. Justice is going to happen, okay? And it's for all time, eternity. Um, yeah, so hang in there, guys. God is just. So think about when our, par our parents, maybe you're a parent, uh, we say to our kids and the child, uh, you know, knows that the parent is onto them. Hey, how, how do you know? Okay. Uh, they didn't know that the parents have these secret powers to know what's really going on, what they were really up to. Um, and the parents say, hey, I wasn't born yesterday. Uh, the Ancient of Days says, I was not born at all. Okay. I, I wasn't born. I wasn't asleep. I saw it. I will right all wrongs. And that's why it's called the Ancient of Days. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, verse 11. I watched then because the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking, and I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As for the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. So the previous three kingdoms, the Babylonians, Medes, Persians, and Grecians, uh, we're all swallowed up, right? Verse 12, including the last empire. So the Antichrist himself will finally be judged and slain. So we see the Son of Man. Look at verse 13. Jesus here, I was watching the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven. And he came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then, verse 14, to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and language should serve him. His dominion is everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Makes me think of Psalm 2, Messianic Psalm. The king proclaims the Lord's decree, verse 7, And the Lord said to me, You are my son today. I have become your father. Only ask, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth, your possession. You will break them with the iron rod and smash them like clay pots. Love it. So the vision now is interpreted for us in Daniel 7, verse 15. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit within my body. In the visions of my head, they troubled me, grieved kind of like Nebuchadnezzar was with his dream. Verse 16, and I came near to one of those who stood by and I asked him the truth of all of this. So he told me 
and made known to me in the interpretation of these things. So one of those who stood by, so a heavenly creature here, uh, verse 17 here, four beasts, four kings, those great beasts were told, which are the four, are four kings which arise out of the earth. But the saints, verse 18, of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. So the fifth kingdom's length, a thousand years, and it's thy kingdom come, right? Uh, so a different interpretation here of kingdom reign, the millennium. Uh, I, you know, do I believe it's literal? Absolutely, guys. Um, all these other kingdoms have been literal. So yes, I believe it's literal. Uh, the revived Roman Empire during the tribulation period is explained now for us. Look at verse 19. Then I wished to know the truth about the fourth beast, and was, uh, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful in its teeth of iron, its nail of bronze, which devour, broke into pieces, and trampled the residue with its feet, and the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn which came up, before which three fell, namely the horn which had eyes and a mouth, which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. I was watching the same horn and was making war against the saints and prevailing against them until the Ancient of Days came. A judgment was made in the favor of the saints of the Most High. And the time came from the, or for the saints to possess the kingdom. So during the tribulation, guys, the Antichrist will be able to prevail against the tribulation saints. To whom was God's promise when he said the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Well, it was the church, guys. <laughs> okay? Believers, we're raptured. We're out of there. It's not the tribulation saints. So that's one of those things why we hold to the uh, rapture. We see as we study end times and these things, uh, when we have this presupposition and we understand that the church isn't appointed to wrath, as we see they're never mentioned anywhere in Revelation 6 to 19 during that tribulation period when we come to passages like this it just makes sense so uh verse 22 if you consider that it came to an end here at the end of that seven year tribulation uh the second coming of christ okay is going to come at the end of that time verse 23 is kind of a recap here thus he said the fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on the earth which shall be different from all the other kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth trample it to Break in pieces, the ten horns are the ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom and another shall rise after them. And he shall be different from the first ones and he shall do three kings and he shall speak pompous words against the Most High. He shall persecute the saints of the Most High and he shall intend to change times and law. And the saints shall be given into his hand for a time, a times and a half a time. But the court shall be seated and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness and the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the most high. And his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Hallelujah. And all dominion shall serve and obey him. This is the end of the account. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly troubled me and my countenance changed, but I kept the matter in my heart so the 10 will be 
uh, a confederation of sorts here, guys. So how does this passage, you know, great, okay, we're, we're seeing things fulfilled, we're seeing prophecy uh, spoken of, yet to come, but how does this affect you and I and our attitudes towards the future? If these three kingdoms have come just as they've been prophesied, can we pretty much be assured that the fourth is going to follow suit? Absolutely. Okay, so if God was sovereign control over the first three, um, what are the odds that he's going to be over the fourth, right? He is in control. So can you map out uh, what's before you? Okay, we don't know for sure, but God sees it all. Okay, he has a plan. There are purposes. He's going to see what we do in it. He already sees it all. It's a big picture. It's done in his eyes. So if God can handle the future, he can handle the present, guys. Uh, sometimes we get too close to that large picture, right, <laughs> that we, we, miss, we, miss, we miss it, okay? We get so caught up on the little here and now, and especially uh, as we've begun uh, 2020 here. <laughs> so much crazy. <laughs> it's so easy to be caught up in uh, our things, everything that's just going on right now but i want to encourage you guys remember the big picture god is a big god doing big things um, that's one thing i love about the scriptures um, it just reassures us that he is in control um, and let us just do our part okay uh, we love him we love others uh, saint follow him well today uh, so father that is our prayer uh, we want to be in step with you god and we do pray that you give us uh, eyes to see as you see God big picture things Lord what you care about if we're tripping over the things that uh, are in our life right before us uh, when it happens it's so easy for our eyes just to get stuck on those things God uh, help us to have a heavenly perspective lift our heads that we'll be able to fix our eyes upon you uh, we thank you thank you that you are the ancient of days I thank you that you are so right God, that you are pure and holy, righteous, God, and so are your judgments. Thank you so much for that. Pray you bless these today, uh, our brothers and sisters, God. Just thanks for loving us the way you do. In your name, amen. God bless you guys.